0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Pastor Eli James here. This is Voice of Christian Israel, March 24th, 2019. And by the way, folks, March 29th, later on this week, is the day that Brexit is supposed to take over in Britain. And of course, the elitists, by which we mean the Zionist Judeo-communists, are doing everything possible to Avoid doing the will of the people, as the Judeo-Communists always do, because they are elitists headed by the House of Rothschild. Boy, do the Boer people know about uh, Rothschild meddling in national affairs. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Pastor Martins is under the weather today and cannot do the show. Uh, so I will cover the subject, and uh, we had started a series on the tables. But first, I just want to address a couple of questions uh, in the uh, chat room. And I see the um, discussion of the International Jew. There are two versions of the International Jew by Henry Ford available. One is the four-volume set, uh, several hundred pages, and I have that in my library. And I'm pretty sure I have the abridged version, which is a one-volume selection of uh, writings of the four volumes condensed into one book. So either one of those is worth having. And uh, I see in the discussion, apparently this is no longer available from Amazon or from the Internet. You know, the, the Jews are really clamping down on any anything that is remotely talking about the Jews and their influence on society is being totally censored. Not only can you not buy it on the Internet anymore, you're going to have great difficulty finding copies. But even more important than The International Jew is a book published by Henry Ford, edited and possibly written by William Cameron. William Cameron was his editor at the Dearborn Independent and all of the articles that uh, made up the international Jew are from articles written at the Dearborn Independent, which was owned by Henry Ford. It was in a local newspaper there. And that book that I'm referring to is *The Covenant People*. That I purchased this copy from Destiny Publishers is actually sold. I purchased it at one of the Christian Patriots Defense League conferences that I attended in the early 1980s. And they would always have, Christian Research would always have a table or two uh, as booksellers. So Christian Research, this was located, I don't know if it still exists, probably does not still exist. This address is given as 279 Spring Street, Eureka Springs, Arkansas, 72632, but it was published by Destiny Publishers, and that's the publishing house of Howard B. Rand. So uh, I'm pretty sure that Rand and Ford knew each other, and uh, Ford knew a lot of the identity people, uh, various Christian pastors that were of the identity persuasion, uh, and of course, William Cameron, his editor, uh, put this book together. I'll just give you the four major parts of the Covenant People. Part one is, Is There a Chosen People? And it's a distinction, that part's a distinction between uh, Israelites and Jews. Part two is Israel as two nations, describing the the ten northern tribes versus the two southern tribes. Part three is Israel's truck to the west. Part four is Israel arrives in America. This is very obviously a Christian identity book. And uh, I have identified the origin of Christian identity, and it's breaking away from British Israel as occurring in these times in the 1920s and 30s under William Cameron, Henry Ford's editor, and the publication of this book, The Covenant People. Now, a lot of these ideas are also contained in the International Jew and uh, various other authors. There was the uh, group, uh, the Worldwide Church of God, uh, a separate group that also taught the... British-Israel message, but they stuck with the British-Israel message and did not uh, claim that the Jews are not Judah. So this idea that the Jews are not Judahites began with Henry Ford and William Cameron, and it was picked up by others, ultimately resulting in the ministries of Dr. Wesley Swift and Bertrand Comperay where the, nail, the final nail in the coffin of the Jews as non-Israelites It's clearly spelled out, okay? So, uh, unfortunately, this edition doesn't give the author's name, but I I know it to be William Cameron. So he was the one uh, responsible for the production of this book. So, uh, and it's possible that, not not Destiny Publishers, although Destiny Publishers may have the International Jew, uh, but also there's a, a publishing house in Oklahoma, That also specializes in identity literature, they might have it as well. They're the ones that put put out all of the uh, E. E. Raymond Capt books. So uh, I can't can't remember the name of that publishing house, but if you look up E. Raymond Capt, all of his work is published by that Oklahoma publishing house. So, uh, yeah, so the Brexit people, oh man. uh, You know what's happening in France with the yellow vests and they are challenging the Jew, Macron, the Jew banker Macron who became the president of France pushing his entire Jewish multicultural agenda down the throats of the French people. The French people have begun to rebel and are not taking it anymore. I I hope the British people will rebel against the elitist's attempt to uh, trash Brexit. I'm hoping they will trash, uh, uh, trash the elitist's artisan sales. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Steve. Artisan sales. Uh, and so uh, Artisan Publishers is the website. Thank you, Swamp Fox. And uh, they may have uh, the Covenant people as well, but Destiny Publishers still does exist, but they do not. Uh, they they do not do any internet work they they probably have an internet website where you can order books they are strictly at this stage of the game a bookseller that's what uh, that's what destiny publishers is today but the works of Howard B. Rand are featured at destiny publishers and I highly advise you go there and look at some of those titles I have about uh, 10 titles on my shelf by Howard B. Rand. He's one of the best biblical scholars who ever lived. So, any case, let's get back to today's subject. Who is running South Africa? And we broached the subject of the roundtable groups. Roundtable groups are referred to as the Anglo-American establishment. However, that is a misnomer. This is nothing but a Rothschild front. And it's to hide the fact that the Jews are always behind the scenes pulling the strings and always providing the financing for every war under the sun. So the roundtable groups are definitely a Jewish enterprise using British, American, and and other Anglo... um, front men to to operate the business. And in Britain, it is known as the Royal Institute of International Affairs. And in America, it's called the Council on Foreign Relations. And many other places, countries in the world have their own version of a roundtable group. Okay, so what we see here. We find out, I'm going to read uh, for about three paragraphs down, John Dewey, the philosopher and educator, provides a good description of the type of men who belong to the Council on Foreign Relations, the Royal Institute of International Affairs, and their branch organizations in other nations. And John Dewey, he's the uh, inventor of the Dewey Decimal System that every school kid becomes familiar with. He was a member of, Of the Council on Foreign Relations, he's an insider. Quote, meantime, there are certain practical men who combine thought and habit and who are effectual. Their thought is about their own advantage and their habits correspond. They dominate the actual situation. Yet, who has heard of the Council on Foreign Relations? Who has heard of the Royal Institute of International Affairs? They encourage routine in others, and they want to make sure that we are subjected to our keeping our nose to the grindstone in a daily routine. And they also subsidize such thought and learning as are kept remote from affairs, okay, remote from us. Because why? Because they're elitists, and they don't want us to know what they're actually up to. He continues, this they call the sustaining, sustaining the standard of the ideal or sustainable development is what they call it today. Subjection they praise as team spirit. All right, obey, obey. Loyalty, devotion, obedience, industry, law and order. Yeah, as long as we obey their orders, then things are fine for the, from their perspective. But they temper respect for law, by which they mean the order of the existing status, on the part of others with most skillful and thoughtful manipulation of it in behalf of their own ends. Okay? We're talking pure elitism here. While they denounce as subversive anarchy signs of independent thought, such as those of us who are conspiracy analysts, Of thinking for themselves? No, 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 thou shalt not think for yourself. On the part of others, least such thought disturb the conditions by which they profit. Or the Jew world order. They think quite literally for themselves, that is, of themselves. This is the eternal game of the practical man. Yeah, the (laughs) Judeo-Talmudic conspiracy. Hence, it is only by accident that the separate and endowed thought of professional thinkers leaks out into action and affects custom. Uh, Okay, so only by accident. And as you can see, on the world stage, the Jews are doing everything to prevent criticism of themselves to the extent that a lot of these Staged events such as the Christchurch shooting in New Zealand is being utilized to prevent freedom of speech. It's not just targeting anti-Semites, white supremacists, and others. They want to prevent conspiracy talk as well because they don't want you to know there's a conspiracy. Therefore, thou shalt not use the word conspiracy. The mainstream press, you you weren't allowed to view the video. You weren't allowed to view the video, even though many of us saw it because it came out accidentally. The guy live streamed, but I think it was the uh, drill. It wasn't the actual event. It was a live stream of the drill. But mainstream media says, no, 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 don't watch that. Don't watch it. It's not good for your health to to watch this. Well. Well we know in observing all of these false flags that they always have a drill either simultaneously running with the actual event or the drill was practiced a day or up to a week before. Nevertheless, we have found that in virtually every case of a major societal event, such as the Boston fake Sandy Hook, Parkland in Florida, etc., etc., drills are either simultaneous or going on beforehand. So these are government operations, folks. It's so obvious. The drills prove that they're government operations, not lone nut conspiracies or lone nut actions. And the reason why the government always insists on a lone nut as opposed to two or more, is because if you have two or more, then you can include conspiracy charges, which is the last thing they want to have happen. They don't want anybody using that word, that that C word. Conspiracy. Conspiracy. They hate that word conspiracy. Because why? It's like a tabloid all in itself. (laughs) It evokes images of Jews pulling strings from behind the scenes. And that's the last thing. That's the last idea they want you to have in your head. Continuing with the article, this small group of men unlawfully and knowingly combined conspire... There's that horrible word, conspire and agree to contribute to the establishment of a one world order under the total direction of these conspirators and the control of members of their group. This is totalitarianism on a global scale. I couldn't have said it better myself. And by the way. The vast majority of those pulling the strings have hooked noses and wear yarmulkes. While many of the members of the organization make front page news, and there's only a few of those who actually go out in public. And these are puppets. Very wealthy puppets, but puppets nonetheless. And are historical figures in their own time. The organization itself is conspicuously absent from the history books and the news. Even in the nations in which branch organizations are established, less than one person in 1,000 has ever heard of the group. This is no accident. Yes, the sheeple must be kept ignorant of the existence of secret societies. Why is it that college professors, libtard college professors, teach their students don't believe in wild conspiracy theories? <laughs> oh, didn't George H. Bush say exactly the same thing? He's a member of the Yale, the Yale Secret Society Skull and Bones. So was John Kerry. So we had two bonesmen running against each other for president. But no, there's no conspiracy. Just get that thought out of your head. This, of course, is from BibleBelievers.org. Very good website. It's identity. The group influences... Hold on. A pop-up just obscured my screen. The group influences public opinion through well-planned and coordinated psycho-political operations. Tavistock Institute, anybody? They undermine people's confidence in their beliefs, their strength, their leaders, and themselves. The Hegelian dialectic. The group paralyzes the will of a nation by spreading confusion, alternating excessive hope and excessive fear. Yeah, hope and change. Obama, right? What did he deliver? Fear, anguish, confusion, and exploiting and adding fuel to every prejudice. The group destroys a group's beliefs in their nation, the traditional family, and God. The group creates false reality worlds for people to live in. So, like mass media. I mean, you look around; everybody's on their cell phone. They're not paying attention to what they're doing. <laughs> they get into accidents. They fall. They fall into swimming pools <laughs> because they're not, they're on their cell phone, not paying attention to what they're doing. You could have a couple walking down the street not talking to each other, but both on their cell phones talking to somebody else. It's like, yeah, we need more impersonal relationships, don't we? So the group creates false false reality worlds for people to live in so people will not act in their own best interest, but to further the aims of the group. Again, we're talking about the roundtable groups. When you are living in a world where you cannot control your own actions, you are living in a state of controlled insanity like Pavlov's dog. The bell rings and you salivate. The group doesn't desire freedom or peace. They desire war, slavery, and control. The group was responsible for World War I, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and the unrest and constant warfare in the Middle East. Now we're getting closer to the perfidious ones. The J word. By creating tension and hate between different groups of people, the secret society creates a state of perpetual warfare within nations and between nations all over the world. ADL, APAC, Bene Briff. World Jewish Congress, American Jewish Congress, all these Jewish groups work in concert against the West. Yet they have penetrated into our highest offices in every single Western nation, no exceptions. This is their modus operandi. This is how the parasite burrows into the brain cells of the victim slash host. But so few people are aware that Judaism is a parasitic entity because they believe the nonsense that the Jews are the Israel of the Bible, that they cannot simply, their their minds cannot grasp what we are saying right here. Very often, they will hear us read these words and simply cannot comprehend what has been said, because their brains have been so poisoned by nonsense and falsehoods that they simply refuse to believe what they just heard, (laughs) right? And it's like, in one ear, out the other. These exercises in mass murder are created to maximize profits of member-controlled medicine, munitions, media, energy, and food industries. All right. This is from BibleBelievers.org. Uh, doesn't say who the author is, but this is all very well said. The psychopolitical operations are covert. They are planned and executed to conceal the identity of and permit plausible denial of the sponsor. Every one of these false flag events is always constructed so that there's plausible denial by the government. Even though in every single case it has never been a lone nut assassin, it has always been a government operation. The simultaneous drills absolutely prove that it's a government operation. They differ from clandestine operations in that emphasis is placed on concealment of identity of the sponsor rather than on concealment of the operation. Operations are public. Very public. And the denials are orchestrated as part of the cover-up. So what you have is a false flag with immediate denials by government officials. Yet, immediately after the false flag event, laws are passed which either demonize white people or are intended to get rid of the Second Amendment which is exactly what happened in Christchurch, no sooner did the crisis actors get up off the floor (laughs) than the premier of New Zealand said that gun laws, very restrictive gun laws, will be now passed in New Zealand. Now, to my understanding, in New Zealand, only three people had suffered death by gunshot in the last 10 years. Which means there's a desperate need for gun control (laughs) in New Zealand, folks. Absolutely desperate need for gun control in New Zealand. But it doesn't matter how many people die of gunshot wounds. The objective is to take our guns away. It's not public safety. All such incidents and all societies which have active Second Amendment rules, namely the right to carry personal weapons for self-defense, every country that has such a law is safer than societies that do not have gun freedom. Because in the, where the people are not allowed to defend themselves by possessing their own weapons, those societies are much more dangerous and much more crime results. This is beyond any shadow of a doubt. Yet the constant propaganda lies by the fake stream media, the Jew-controlled media, and their liberal puppets on the other side, and their are the agitators that they do the fighting in the streets, paid agitators, just like the Pharisees hired a mob to react against Yahshua Messiah. And they instructed the mob to yell, we have no king but Caesar. They do exactly the same thing. They hire Antifa and black lives and literally hire them and pay them to agitate and demonstrate and terrorize neighborhoods. And who gets the blame? Us peace-loving Anglo-Saxon Caucasians. We get the blame because they control the media and the media can blame who they will despite the injustice of it all. This is the world we are living in, folks, and we, as a people, have begun to fight back. Italy just passed a law sending the so-called refugees, the non-white invaders of Italy, packing back to Africa. Poland and Hungary have put up fences preventing any of them from crossing into their borders. Sweden is now sending back people back to Africa. The fight back, the wrath of the awakened Saxon has begun. France is aflame with patriots calling for the ouster of that Jew piece of garbage, Macron. And Germany has finally got rid of that, uh, that their version of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> okay, It's only a matter of time before the right wing takes over Germany as well. So the reaction has begun. Canada is getting rid of Justin Trudeau, the ultra-liberal communist who has been running Canada since the last election. The conservatives are getting rid of him because of all the scandals in his administration. A typical liberal, corrupt he, he, he blames Whitey for everything, and he has put all kinds of women in his administration. Unfortunately, he put some honest women <laughs> in his administration. He thought he could control every single one of them. But at least two have gone public against SNC-Lavalin, and uh, I doubt that Justin Trudeau will survive this, and there's going to be a conservative government. Now, whether they're Jew-savvy or not is another thing. The Frenchmen are Jew-savvy. They are Jew-savvy. They understand what Macron is. They understand that the Rothschilds control Macron, and they're sick and tired of it. The, the man on the street, the women in the street of Europe are becoming Jew-savvy, and they're tired of the Jew union that they have been saddled with. with nothing but bureaucracy. It's socialism. Socialism is the last step before total dictatorship, otherwise known as communism, and the French people have had enough. The Canadian people are beginning to rise up. And we'll see what happens this week in Britain as the the Brexiteers are going to be confronted with yet another blatant disregard of democracy, that is the will of the people. See, whenever the people vote against the elitists, the elitists simply ignore the will of the people. And this is what they call democracy. This is what the left calls democracy. This is what the Jews call democracy. If the people vote for their initiatives, then, oh, fine, uh, democracy works. But if the people don't vote for their initiatives, then, oh, okay, democracy's not working. And as you have heard... Thousands of times here on Eurofolk Radio, democracy is not what America is. America is a republic, not a democracy. We are ruled, are supposed to be ruled, by the best and the brightest that run for office and are put in place by the people as our representatives. Democracy takes many forms, and most European countries have a a bastardized version of of democracy in which power is shared by the different parties depending upon the percentage that party gets in the election. So it's a it's a system of shared power. Well democracy is a Jewish form of government which rules by false ideas being fed to the public. It rules by propaganda. And it also rules by giving the non-assiduous pop part of the population, that, that, that is the welfare recipients, the lazy people, the, the dumbest and the non-wittiest voting in elections, and then the Jews selecting who the candidates are. That's democracy. That's what democracy really is. Okay. Getting back to this outstanding article on BibleBelievers.org. Cecil Rhodes was born in 1853 and was the secret society's founding father. That is the roundtables. Rhodes' life ambition was the furtherance of the British Empire, the bringing of the whole uncivilized world under its rule, the recovery of the United States of America, after, of course, the American Revolution, and the making of the Anglo-Saxon race into one empire. Now, this last portion is simply a ruse. We know it's a Jewish empire. And who was the father of British imperialism? Not an Anglo-Saxon. It was the Jew Disraeli. Quote, expansion is everything, said Rhodes. The world is nearly all parceled out, and what there is left of it is being divided up, conquered, and colonized. To think of these stars that you see overhead at night, those vast worlds which we can never reach. I would annex the planets if I could. I often think of that. Wow, and they, they blamed Hitler for blind <laughs> ambition. <laughs> Rhodes wanted to rule the universe. Rhodes would become fabulously wealthy by conquering South Africa and exploiting its diamond and gold fields on behalf of the Rothschilds and other Jews. Racism would be the Rhodes Secret Society's legacy to mankind. In other words, the Rothschilds would exploit the Anglo-American domination of industrial society and steer that society to Jewish purposes. That's what was really meant by that sentence. Because of Rhodes' secret society, mankind developed a new vocabulary of racism. That is globalism. Globalism disguised as Anglo-racism. Because we're the ones that are now being demonized by this program developed by the Rothschilds. That would include the words apartheid, genocide, holocaust, and ethnic cleansing. But the only people who were genocided were the Boer people. When it comes to South Africa, only the Boer people were genocided. Only the Boer people were holocausted. Only the Boer people were ethnically cleansed. All other groups prospered. Before the time of road secret society, there was one race, the human race. Well, that's according to the author. No, we have the Adamites, we have the blacks, we have the Orientals. There is no such thing as a single human race. Quote, the inequality of the races, a pioneering study of the science of human races by Count Arthur de Gabinot. 1816 to 1882, gave a pseudo-biological foundation to modern racist theories, which spread in the latter 19th century along with social Darwinism. But of course the Jews exploit Darwinism, they exploit exploit anti-Darwinism, they exploit Judeo-Christianity, they exploit every idea in order to create division between one group and another based upon the belief that societies are and should be organized as a struggle for survival of the fittest. Well, that's historically what has taken place, and that's what is actually happening today. As we see, the Aryans of the world and the nations that we founded are beginning to fight back to regain their racial identity. It's the international Jew that has been in the process of destroying our racial identity and culture yet at the same time these hypocrites in the state of Israel do not integrate they reject the black Hebrews they reject anybody other than the officially defined Jew as a citizen of Israel, and they enslave the Palestinians that happen to be within their borders and create a 40-foot concrete wall between themselves and the Palestinians. If that's not apartheid, I don't know what it is. Degabino's work was dedicated to His Majesty King George V of England. Of course, so what you see here is a work of deceit, very, very subtle deceit in which England is proclaiming its quote-unquote racial identity, but it's being written along the lines of the Rothschild program to paint a white face on Jewish supremacism. Next paragraph, justification for the imperialistic conquest of South Africa was the ideology of the white man's burden. No, it is not. It's Jewish. Immortalized by Lord Rudyard Kipling. Well, Rudyard Kipling was talking about, yeah, we white people have to watch out because the other races wanted to destroy us. His great awakening poem, The Wrath of the Awakened Saxon, is clearly telling white people, get ready for the race war because they're trying to destroy you. Rather than promoting racism, that poem promotes white self-defense. All other races are allowed to defend their race. Why shouldn't we be allowed to defend our race? By the middle of the 1890s, Rhodes South African Holdings provided him with a personal income of a million pounds sterling a year. Whoa. Man, what we could do with that. About $5 million. Rhodes was the founding father of the secret society. Kipling was one of its earliest members. The use of a racist, rational... Rationale, probably, to justify and gain support for the imperialist expansion into South Africa was one of the secret society's earliest psycho-political operations. Absolutely, it's a psycho-political operation. In February of 1891, now, of course, it's totally elitist. The average white person is not consulted about invading the Boer nations. This is done exclusively by these elitists without our consent, without our knowledge. In February of 1891, Cecil Rhodes met with William T. Stead, S-T-A-D, and Reginald Balliol Brett. Stead was a famous British journalist of the day. Brett, a friend and confidant of Queen Victoria and influential adviser of King George V. The three would draw up a plan for a secret society. By 1910, the secret society of Cecil Rhodes would achieve the Union of South Africa. And you've heard Pastor Martins explain that the Union of South Africa was not the will of the Boer people. It was imposed upon the Boer people by these outsiders. Outsiders, always Jews speaking in our name via their shills. Their shills with white faces but who do not represent us at all, but in fact represent the Jewish power. The work would be to repeat on a global scale what had just accomplished in South Africa. All right, so what the Rothschilds accomplished with their shills in South Africa they intend to do to the entire world. And if Europe, America, Canada, New Zealand, Australia are any example, we see that they're doing the same thing to us, multiculturalizing us while they remain an elitist select group above and beyond the fray while they profit from all the warfare, selling armaments, selling medical supplies to heal our wounds. If you happen to get your leg blown off by stepping on a landmine, well, they profit from that too. And from abortions. They created the feminist movement. The linchpin of feminism is abortion. So they kill your babies and sell their body parts to the highest bidder. Making merchandise of human beings. These groups can only be stopped by exposing the role they play in the psychopolitical operations they plan and sponsor. And showing people how they are being manipulated and exploited. But, but, Nahash was the most subtle Of all the beasts of the field. He knows us better than most of our people know themselves. And by manipulating our desires and needs and hunger, etc., 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 by manipulating our physical needs as carnal entities water the weather they ma- manipulate all of these things in order to control us and all they have to do is point the finger at some outside country such as Iraq or Iran two countries who have never threatened America in any way shape or form but the american people We're convinced that Saddam Hussein was trying to destroy America. No, he was only standing in the way of the Jewish world order. He was only an enemy of the Jews, never an enemy of America. But because they are able to do to us what they have done throughout history, that is to use our people— As their cannon fodder in their globalist expansion, their global militarism, and you can hardly go through a day without, if you watch television, without seeing some kind of ad for the Marines or for the Army or the Air Force and blah, 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 and, uh, you know, put on your macho. And go into a useless war and have your head blown off. They still glorify war. While you're not fighting for America, you're not fighting for the U.S. Constitution, you're fighting for the Jew world order. The Jew United Nations is what you're fighting for while you think you're fighting for America. I was very fortunate when I went to Vietnam. I was under no such illusions. I hated LBJ. LBJ was an absolute scumbag, total scumbag. I realized that he was a creature of deceit. I wasn't yet aware of the Jewish question the extent to which LBJ was a Zionist and a communist. I found that later. But I I saw very easily that he was a puppet of the Zionists, of the powers that be. And he promoted the welfare state, which I knew was evil. That was obvious. That was so obvious. I hated his guts. I was so relieved Tony Randall was on a late-night talk show, and the discussion turned around to LBJ. And Tony Randall, who could not be considered a conservative by any stretch of the imagination, he was on that show with that other Jew. Uh, the Odd Couple was the name of the show, and he just plain out said, "LBJ, the son of a bitch, lied to us." <laughs> I said, oh, there's at least one other person in the world who understands what LBJ really is a liar, deceiver, a trickster. Who, once he became, he, he postured as an anti war candidate. And once he got into office after he murdered JFK, he upscaled the war. And he's still postured as an anti-war candidate when running against Goldwater. What a son of a bitch! What a son of a bitch! Blatantly obvious liar. But the hopes and dreams of both the warmongers and the peace lovers are exploited by LBJ at one and the same time. Promising peace, he engages in war, just like Woodrow Wilson, just like FDR, just like Harry Truman. Every last one of them was nothing but a Jew puppet. Let me read this sentence again. These groups can only be stopped by exposing the role they play in the psychopolitical operations they plan and sponsor and showing people how they are being manipulated and exploited. This is our job here at Your Folk Radio, to explain how the people are being manipulated and exploited by the very people they worship. One way to learn about these groups is to study material published by organization members and insiders. There you go. What do we do? We quote the Jews' own words, where they admit that, who and what they are. They admit that they're not Israelites. They admit that they're Edomites, Canaanites, and Khazars. Walter Lippmann was a famous journalist, member of America's first intelligence organization, the Inquiry, attended the Paris Peace Conference after World War I, and was a founding father of the Secret Society's American branch, the Council on Foreign Relations. Lippman clearly explained the way, to seek the, the way the secret society works. Central to Lippman's strategy of achieving government and international relations policy aims were large-scale psychopolitical operations aimed at the masses. The early work of Lippman and, and another leading pioneer in the field of psychological warfare, Harold Lasswell, L A S S W E L L, were funded by the Rockefeller Foundation. I don't believe he talks about the Dulles brothers here. The Dulles brothers, Allen, and oh, I forget the his brother's name. Uh, his brother was the Secretary of State under Eisenhower. The Dulles brothers were two instrumental cogs in the wheel of world. Uh, wheel, world sorry, <laughs> yeah, wheel of world government, being instrumental in creating. The war in Vietnam, getting us involved in Vietnam under Eisenhower. And that situation was inherited by JFK. Alan Dulles being the head of the CIA and John Foster Dulles being the right-hand man of Ike the Kike. You have no idea how powerful these people are until you identify them. The early work of Lippmann and another leading pioneer in the field of psychological warfare, Harold Lasswell, were funded by the Rockefeller Foundation. Not coincidentally, the government's national security campaigns usually overlap the commercial ambitions of Council on Foreign Relations and Institute of International Affairs Controlled Industries. The Carnegie Corporation and Ford Foundation, by the way, All of these so-called tax-exempt foundations were formed in 1913, the very year that the IRS was created, the very year that the ADL was created, and our bank, the Federal Reserve Bank. All four of these organizations were created at the same time. The Carnegie Corporation and Ford Foundation were principal secondary sources of large-scale communication, research funding, operating in close coordination with government propaganda and intelligence programs. And that we still have today. Those are just the beginning stages of the conspiracy in America. They are total, absolute, full control of all information except patriotic information. We, the white patriots in America and around the world, are still the thorn in their side. That's why they're doing everything they possibly can to exterminate us, to shut us up if they can't exterminate us. We are dealing with a foe so evil that they are willing to destroy the entire planet if they don't get their way. That's how evil these people are. The inquiry was America's first central intelligence agency. Supreme Court Justice Felix Frankfurter, I think you can guess what tribe he's from, and Woodrow Wilson's close political advisor and friend, Edward Mandel House, same tribe, suggested the idea to Wilson. Wilson. House became the Inquiry's first director. He was an agent of the Rothschilds, directly beholden to the Rothschilds. Lippmann was House's first recruit. The existence of the Inquiry is such a well-kept secret that to this day hardly any Americans ever have ever heard of the Inquiry or are aware that it ever existed. Wilson paid for the inquiry from the President's Fund for National Safety and Defense. He directed that it not be housed in Washington. A remote room in the New York Public Library was its first office. Later, it moved to offices of the, in the American Geographical Society at West 155th Street and Broadway. James T. Shotwell... A Columbia University historian and an early recruit came up with the agency named the Inquiry, which he said would be a blind to the general public, but would serve to identify it among the initiated. Shotwell probably chose the name because the word history is derived from the Greek word meaning a learning by inquiry. Ironically, the Inquiry would use psychological warfare techniques to warp history by stressing favorable and unfavorable truths and leaving out facts completely to shape public opinion to support inquiry goals. In other words, fake news! (laughs) Fake news! Fake history! The inquiry and its members wrote most of Wilson's 14 points. Many of the members of the inquiry and the U.S. State Department Delegates at the Paris Peace Conference belonged to the American branch of the Rhodes Secret Society. At the Paris Peace Conference, they would trade off most of the 14 points to establish the League of Nations. Well said. Because one of the 14 points was that ethnic groups deserve independence, ethnic independence. This was not granted at the League of Nations. In fact, they confabulated numerous so-called nations, Balkanized nations, such as Yugoslavia, of different peoples who could not even understand each other's speech, just kind of like uh, French Canada and English Canada, right? You know there's going to be problems if you can't communicate with each other. After the conference, they would attend the meeting at the Hotel Majestic and become the founding fathers of the Council on Foreign Relations. Woodrow Wilson caught on to the betrayal and was so upset that he suffered a stroke and refused to speak to Edward Mandelhess ever again. That's interesting. I didn't know about that. But he, uh, but Woodrow Wilson issued a very famous statement that in wherein he said, "I have ruined my country." <laughs> yeah, you and Colonel House. Woodrow Wilson caught on to the betrayal and was so upset that he suffered a stroke. The American people didn't want to belong to an organization that could force them to go to war and would be turned into an international police force. America would never join the League of Nations. That's why they had to have a second world war. Blame that one also on Germany and use it as a world police force. The Jew United Nations. The Jew United Nations. And the Jew European Union. These are nothing but Rothschild entities designed to control us through big government, unelected representatives. Both the United Nations and the European Union are composed of appointed officials. No democracy, let alone republicanism. Not even a shred of democracy. Nothing but corrupt politicians getting cushy jobs, running around Europe in limousines, leaving a huge carbon footprint with the airplane traffic they take and the gas-guzzling limousines they drive. Folks, I mean, can you smell the hypocrisy? The hypocrisy is so thick, you need a chainsaw to cut it. While the Jews do the chicken thing, swinging their chickens over their heads and using the chickens' blood to absolve themselves of their guilt, Wait a minute, I thought Jesus did away with the blood rituals. Maybe those Jews don't recognize that. (laughs) Clan Clan Fiedren says, Trump is a 1,000% kosher clown. (laughs) Oh, man. Dialectical materialism. Well, maybe Trump is just putting on a show to keep the conservatives interested. Okay. But he does seem to be uh, cracking down on the child pornographers. Maybe the child pornographers have just gotten so far out of control that they become a liability to the Rothschilds. Maybe that's what's going on. Okay. Okay. As uh, somebody said on one of our shows, uh, okay, forget about the border uh, between America and Mexico. Look at all the people streaming in from Canada. <laughs> we need to build a wall there too. But at least he's not flying them in by the Boeing load as Obama did. All right, so maybe Hillary had just become too big a liability with her kuru. And her child sacrifice and cannibalism, that it's the, the mainstream media is fighting overtime to keep this out of the news. So maybe it's all just damage control. We'll find out for sure, one way or the other, as events continue to unfold. So thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition. Thanks for listening, folks. And uh, Pastor Martins will be back. Next week, and by the way, my guest on Restoration Hour next Friday will be Matt Johnson, former editor of the Barnes Review. We will be talking about the Khazars next Saturday night. Thanks for listening, and hold your nose, folks. (laughs) The news, (laughs) mainstream news, just gets stinkier all the time. Take care. Yahweh bless you all. Bye-bye.